Hi friends and welcome back to another episode of Let's Grow Through It. I'm Kristen. And I'm Tessa. And today we're going to talk about red Red flags. flags. Yeah, so we (laughs) have been binge watching Laguna Beach the last few days. Literally until one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I don't know what happened. We just got sucked in. But we noticed that every Every person on Laguna Beach, but specifically the guys, are just gigantic red flags. Yeah. The guys and Kristen because she's a lover, but she's a big red flag too. But anyway, what we were thinking was like, we were like, I don't remember this show being like this when we were watching it 10 years ago in high school or 15 years ago in high school. Oh my gosh. It was 15 years ago or more. And we were just talking about this before we started, but we thought Steven was amazing the we best loved him. everybody had a crush on steven he is a red <laughs> flag everything that boy did terrible was questionable oh my gosh yeah uh so anyway we're like obviously we ignored a lot of red flags because we're not with any of the people that yeah. we had been with them in the past and so we're like what kind of red flags did we ignore like let's just sit down and think about this really quick all the red flags that we ignored and so we just thought this would be a lighter episode since our last episode was a little like intense. I was reading a eulogy, so <laughs> so this week we want to have a little more fun with it. And so we're just gonna have a little casual conversation here and take a little walk down memory lane and start with all of the boyfriends that we've had since we've known each other yeah. and think about the red flags that we ignored. So when I first met you, Tessa, you had just caught up in engagement. you had just called off an engagement and i had just broken up with my high school boyfriend of four years yeah so it's very similar in a way whereas like our first love as long term like really long-term relationship yeah so what were some red flags you ignored with that guy the biggest red flag and something that i carried with me as an insecurity through every single relationship is he would check out other girls. Mm. Not just, like, notice. Like, it's one thing if you see a hot girl and, like, you look, right? But it's another if you watch her. Yeah. We would go anywhere and I would always have to scan the room. And I wouldn't, I didn't have to, but, like, this is just, like, a thing that it created in me. Yeah. Dark hair and dark eyes. And I would find the prettiest one and sure enough, he would just be watching her and have this crush on her. It was so weird. It was a huge issue. Yeah. In our relationship, but it was that and it was um it was porn. Like a weird porn addiction. Yeah. Not even like just like casually looking at porn. Like it was like a thing. Yeah. Okay. So, and on that note, whenever we have like, oh, this reminds me of another red flag from another person. So back in the day, it would be checking out girls, you know, but now it would be a huge red flag, I think, is you need to check the following of whatever guy mm. that you're you're talking to or starting to date. See who he's following on Instagram yeah, and or TikTok. And if he's only following a bunch of models and half-naked girls and liking all of their photos, no. that's a red flag. Yeah. And some girls don't care about that. I know girls who don't find that offensive, which is crazy to me because... That's an important thing for me, too. But that, to me, is, like, borderline cheating. Yeah, it's... 
It's just a red flag. I mean, it's just a weird thing to do. Let's just reverse it really quick, guys. If we were just following a bunch of half-naked dudes and liking all of their photos and like commenting fire signs and like yeah, heart, heart eye eyes. emojis, that would be weird. So back to my high school sweetheart. I'll say he didn't have very many red flags. He was really like an exceptional first boyfriend. But the main thing that is a red flag it's not really even about him, really. It's just something to pay attention to is if your desires in life don't align, that's just a red flag because yeah. that relationship can never go anywhere compatibly, you know? Well, like, I saw this thing on, I'm pretty sure it was TikTok, but it was a marriage counselor, and she said the people that she sees that stay together the longest are the ones that have so much in common that they do everything together. They have the same interests, like, yeah. the same hobbies, and they're constantly on the same page and wanting to do the same thing. Yeah, so our major thing that was always just from the beginning, I knew it, but he wanted to live in the town that we lived in for the rest of his life. I mean, he loved it, and I absolutely despised yeah that living there like i just hated it as soon as i turned 18 i left and really oh my god okay sorry if there are a lot of dog noises in the background of this <laughs> podcast rush is just on a roll right now crying and licking himself and yeah. we try to kick him out and he's not having it so <laughs> we're just gonna roll with it i ended that relationship and that's when i met you because i just realized like i'm not living in this town this guy's gonna live in this town for the rest of his life and yeah I just outgrew him. And that happens sometimes. You just outgrow people. Yeah. But then I entered the world of dating actual F-boys. I had a very nice, kind, loving boyfriend, basically. And everyone else after that. I don't know what happened. So, and you had, I mean, you did the same thing. I mean, yeah. your first guy wasn't that great, but. Right. But I will say I was a totally different person where I was very religious at that time. And I just kind of wanted to break out of that. I don't know. Con- control. The control. or Yeah. Just the... I wanted to break out of the religion. Yeah. It was something that I wasn't identifying with the order that I got. And there's no shade to anybody who believes in that. I have like friends that I love to death that believe in that. And yeah. it doesn't bother me. But. It was just something that I felt like I was outgrowing, and he was a youth pastor. I will say that was like a huge kind of life awakening where I think I was leaving behind, you know, I had never drank, I had never, I wasn't even like having active sex, like it was a different life. We left our little cushy relationships and we entered our our sort of wild rebellious years where we... And I think this is the part of working on yourself too. Because when you're in those lower frequencies, you're going to be attracting those kind of people into yeah. your life. And that's definitely what we attracted. Yeah. The next guy for me after that was my fourth and fifth grade boyfriend. He is a big staple and a person that really messed me up. Yeah, those times like, are tough. I was messed up over this guy for years. Um, his nickname is going to be Miller. We're just going to call him Miller. And so... Miller was my fourth and fifth grade boyfriend and then I met back up with him when I was 19. I went to a cousin's wedding in Pennsylvania and we fell in love. This was my first experience with being love bomb. That wasn't a terminology back then so I had no clue what it was. I just was like, oh this must be what love's supposed to feel like. Like, This is what I've been missing with my, didn't have this with my ex-boyfriend and now I met 
I've been reconnected with this guy and we just love each other so much. We're obsessed with each other instantly. We, I was there for like a week. We spent every single day together, stayed up all night, every night talking and just falling madly in love. Then I went back to Florida. Homeboy was texting me all day, every day. Yeah. For like three months. And then I went to go see him. And then we had a great time there. And then I came back and then just ghosted, which also wasn't a term back then. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, you got lucky now knowing all these terminologies, but ghosted me after like planning our whole life together, basically. Did he ever say why? He said, he told me that. Um, he felt like we were moving too fast. Oh. Yeah, because of you, <laughs> we were. Yeah. I mean, but but the thing is, we were long distance, so it was yeah. like, we weren't really moving too fast. We were just talking too serious, I guess. Too soon. Too soon, which yeah. made sense, but I was madly in love with this guy. But that was the other thing that we were talking about, that feeling, that nervous energy, obsessive, yeah. like, that is another red flag. Yeah. If you feel that with a person that is not love that is not a good sign that is your body literally telling you this isn't a safe person yeah and we mistake it for love i think that point of our lives was really we were kind of living in a toxic mentality state so you know it's like looking back on these things now i see it so differently because it's like you've done you've done the work to kind of level up on your like way of thinking and kind of how you want your life to go and be created, which I think is a lot of our age, too. Yeah. Like, this is when we were in our early 20s, yeah. like 19... 19, 20, 21. Through 21, yeah, where it was just, you know, you're kind of figuring it out, and now, you know, we're 32, 33, and things just seem so different now. I think you mistake those things for love because you're naive. You know, when I met my soon-to-be ex-husband, when we first met... I was 22, so I was, like, kind of still in that state where I had had a lot of stuff, a huge reckoning going on in my life where I was leaving religion, which was kind of all I knew growing up, and, um, you know, all that secret stuff came out about my family, which I think we should totally dive into um, in a later episode, but there was a huge kind of betrayal that went on in my family that just affected me personally and it was a really tough time in my life where I just I had that kind of crew where drinking was what we did and so I remember going out that night and my first night after kind of everything was just kind of coming out to light and I had been lied and gaslit my whole life um, into thinking that I was just crazy you know and I remember the first night I like blacked out and got drunk and I woke up that next day and it was like the first time that I felt that pain wasn't really there. It like numbed that heartache for me and then it was like the next day like you know whenever you still kind of feel drunk a little bit and kind of giddy which that never happens to me anymore. It seemed to like only happen in my 20s but I just remember that feeling and not dealing with those things in a healthy way, I think, played out. And I think the same thing was kind of for you, maybe not that extreme, but there was a lot of kind of past trauma that you had gone through and you had your safe bubble that was then, you were just kind of pushed out into the world and it was very easy to get kind of caught up in these like toxic situations. Well, yeah, and understanding your trauma is part of the reasons why now 
if any of these red flags ever came up in a relationship, I would be like, absolutely not. Yeah. Because now I understand my trauma and I understand why I got into relationships with giant red flags and to be fair to all of these people we, we were, were red flags we were red too. Flags too. yeah like we, yeah this we is had shade there are so many red flags with us during that time in our life too because we were just i mean not uh emotionally mature at yeah. that point in our life so if things didn't go the way that we wanted of oh, did so many ridiculous crazy things in these relationships yeah but we are so we weren't healed people yeah and i think that that was the root of how you can kind of miss red flags like when yeah. i met my soon-to-be ex-husband i got that feeling every time he was around like i remember he would like come into where i would work and i would just be panicking in the back to like all my girlfriends and being like oh my god he's here you know mm-hmm. and like stressed out and just so nervous and then that led into our relationship once we started dating he would pick me up and I would have these butterflies that made me physically sick to where yeah. it hurt I remember telling people when I met my ex-husband I like him so much it makes me sick yeah and I thought that was cute like yeah. I thought that was like oh, he really gives me him. so many butterflies and it yeah. was like no, sis, your body is telling your you, body. like, this is not safe, don't do this, leave, please. I will say that's the biggest thing that I've learned now compared to me in my 20s is I missed so many signs where my body was mm-hmm. telling me. I saw this video one time of this girl saying the biggest red flag for her, for a guy, is if he brings out her anxious attachment, which you've talked about yeah. attachment styles, and that is where I lie. I lie on more of the anxious um, attachment style. And my ex-husband brought that out in me from the get-go. Like, yeah. if, if the mood was off a little bit, if, you know, the energy was off, or, like, if he didn't text me back at a certain time, I would get that anxious attachment. And I would go through this, like, huge spiral where you think at the time, it's like, oh, I just, like, love this person so much, you know? Yeah, like, I will you say, mistake like, that, that part, that Taylor Swift part, it's, like, the only Taylor Swift song that I don't agree with that she sings. Don't blame me. Was, was oh. she's like, don't blame me. Your love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you if ain't it doesn't, doing it right. you're not doing it right. I just, yeah. I don't want that. If you're going to bring out the crazy in me, yeah, I don't want it. It's a no. No. But she wrote that when she was younger, too. Right, so. right. Yeah, don't when you think that her. that's what. <laughs> I would have I would have agreed with her back then. Like, I would be like, if it's not, like, crazy, y- you know, not, like, made me crazy, but made me feel, like, that certain feeling, which is actually, like, your fight or flight kicking in and your yeah. anxiety and yeah. whatever, but you mistake it for um a soulmate or a twin flame but like yeah. it's just not no <laughs> okay uh, let's talk about miller a little bit more i think he had a lot more okay the other thing that miller did to me is and this is another thing while, I just, while we're on topic of taylor swift she dated jake gyllenhaal for three months you know publicly for three months and then everyone's like oh my gosh she's wrote all these songs about this three-month relationship like blah 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 well me and miller dated for three months but we actually had a toxic relationship for three years that nobody knew about except yeah. for like my very best friends. Yeah. That's it. It was like every time I was about to get over this guy, he would be texting me, showing that up, was awful. saying things like, I love you. I miss you so much. I hate that we can't be together. And yeah. I would just be like, 
begging, basically like trying to convince this guy to love me. So if you ever find yourself trying to convince somebody to love you, that's a red flag. You should never have to convince somebody to be with you. And that's on healing. Like, like when you when you heal yourself you will not like with my little situationship I felt myself slipping to that where I was like I need to convince this person and then I was like no that's not what we do anymore we don't do that if we feel like we need to convince somebody that they should be with us they don't deserve us and we walk away from that yeah and that's what I did yeah but back in Miller days, I did not do that. And for three years, on and off, it had a whole other boyfriend. That was... <laughs> and he had a girlfriend, and it was so weird because she looked just like you. Yeah, she was blonde, the girl that he dated right after, yeah. Yes! She, yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. But he would, he would always pop back up, and it was like on cue every like two or three months like right as soon as I was about to get over him he would come back and he would love bomb me yep and I mean it was this wild thing because we were had this whole group of friends and nobody probably ever knew about this except for just a very select few people yeah but I was convinced that Miller was my soulmate like I was like this guy is my soulmate we're gonna end up together one day it might not be right now maybe 10 years from now we'll end up together and like live happily ever after because he was my fourth and fifth grade boyfriend and we had a toxic relationship in fourth and fifth grade (laughs) should have known yeah that's a red flag yeah okay so then the next thing is when their words and their actions don't match and that was a huge one for me through i think every relationship that i've ever been in but starting with miller like his words and his actions never matched his words were always so great and always so just Mm -hmm. pulled me in like told me all the things I wanted to hear, and I loved it. And then his actions never lined up with it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy now. Like, I just flash back to one of the episodes from Laguna Beach where, which, by the way, it's on Netflix. Go and binge yeah, it. Yeah, just watch it. Watch it's, it in it's a while. terrible, but amazing. Oh, that was so good. But, yeah, it's Well, cringy. I mean, just watching all this. Yeah. All the kids. I mean, it's so cringy, actually. It's so It's kind of like Twilight. (laughs) Like, it's just cringy, but you love it, and you can't stop watching it. You can't stop watching it. Yeah. Well, Talon, you know, he wants this, like, good girl who you can tell she's not like the other. She's not going to go sleep with you. She doesn't really party. And they go out on a date, and he is, like, throwing out the lines. Like, I've never felt about a girl like you before. He's, like, choked on his food a little bit. He's like, I know it sounds like it's out of a movie or something but it's so true and he basically doesn't get her at the end of the night right like you can tell because then he just moves on to to Kristen Kristen, like literally the next the next scene scene. and and the girl Taylor is just like um what the heck (laughs) and it's crazy watching it because I've definitely been in so many relationships like that where if you're trying too hard to say something I don't believe you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want to hear sweet things, but don't love bomb me. Like, don't try to pull me in with a sappy story. Man, I loved getting love bombed. Me too. Because <laughs> my ex-husband love bombed me too. Oh, yeah, mine did too. Love bombed me so hard. Oh, we had a love bombing back and forth, me and my ex-husband, for two years when I lived in California. We uh, would yeah. pour our hearts out to each other. And then it was just like this toxic cycle. Yeah, have you ever seen that TikTok where it's like, love bombing, how could you fall for that? And it was like, well, to me, it makes perfect sense that you would fall in love with me that quickly. Yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's true. Like, yeah. you are, or at least that's what you hope. Yeah, you know, you exactly. Hope that person loves Well, and you, the thing like, is, you them. can fall in love quickly, but it doesn't have to be. The difference between, like, falling in love quickly and being love bomb is they're, like, planning their life with you in the first month or two. Yeah. Like, they are, they are saying everything to get you to build this imaginary future with them. And then they're just going to ghost you. Whereas if you, like, fall in love quickly, it's based on, like, deeper things and deeper yeah. feelings. And you're they're not, like, trying to convince you to build they're your whole entire you. life with them. Yeah. They're just trying to get to know you and build a connection with you. And but then, it's also the ones that are going to, like, show you by their actions and yeah. how they treat you in the relationship. Actions and words got to line up. They have to line up. Yeah. That is I a want more action. For me. I want the words, but I want more action. Yeah, we're back in the day. The words. Would yeah. Suck What's me an in. action? Like yeah. I didn't even cared about that. I didn't ever get <laughs> I it. <didn't. laughs> I just, I just don't know what was going on with young me. She got a lot of trauma. She got yeah. a lot of trauma. You were living in your trauma. <laughs> okay, so after Miller came, and we'll call him Joe. Okay. So Joe was, Joe was, I don't really know how to explain him except for the fact that he was Miller's friend. Yeah, no, hold on. <laughs> hold on. What it was, was Miller hurt you very badly. And so you went up. Oh, yeah, this is what happened. For his best friend. <laughs> I was a red flag, okay? Yeah, it's fine. We all, we were, we both were. It's fine. Yeah, so Miller, I went up up to Pennsylvania the summer after me and Miller met. And we went back up that next summer. And we were supposed to meet up. And he was love bombing me, of course, the whole time before. You know, he's like, I can't wait to get here. And we can hang out. And blah, 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 blah. And then I get to Pennsylvania and he sends me a text. Oh, because he had my necklace. Remember he had my owl oh, necklace? Yeah. And he would, like, send me pictures of it all the time. Yeah. And it was, like, our favorite necklace, which is really funny. Yeah, that, I know. I'm, that we wore that. I'm cringing right now. I was like, well, yeah, I need to get my necklace back, too. Let's try and play it cool. You know, you try to play a cool girl when you're... That's another thing. If they make you feel like you have to play cool girl, yeah, red flag. Just leave it. You should never... You should just be able to show up as yourself. You don't need to show up as, like, a cool laid back kind of person that's how I always try to show up with Miller so I was like well I just need to get my necklace you know so maybe we can hang out then and he was like yeah I want to hang out with you all summer da 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 I get to town I'm like hey I'm here and he sends me a text message and he was like I can't do it I'm gonna leave your necklace on the porch you can stop by and pick it up and I was like what and then I had this group of friends up there and they were all like giving me crap and they're like oh you come to town and Miller disappears <laughs> and I was like whatever screw this guy I'm here to have fun I'm only there for I think I was there for like two weeks that summer and I was like I'm just gonna have fun with all of my friends who are fourth and fifth grade and like just live it up you know well one of the friends there happened to be Miller's high school best friend and we were never friends me and Joe and fourth and fifth grade I actually hated him because he broke up with me for Miller one time in fourth and fifth grade he came over and was like Miller's breaking up with you and I just walked away and I hated him ever since but I was like you know what he's cute (laughs) let's do this 
And I went for it. I went for it. And he tried not to. And I was just like, you're not getting away from this. (laughs) Yeah. We're doing this. It was very toxic, very red flag. I know. And it wasn't supposed to ever turn into a relationship. And it did. And that was definitely all my fault. Like, it was all my fault. But it was a very unhealthy relationship. Yeah. We were never good for each other. We never treated each other nicely. Yeah, you fought all the we time. We fought all the time. We were like Jason and Jessica. Jessica. That was me and Joe. We fought all the time. Our friends, one time I threw, like, we would go out to the bars and like I would get free drinks from the bartender and then he would see that and then he would like slut shame me, He's yell so at me in front of people at the bar, calling me like a slut. It was like accusing me of get, hooking up with the bartender to get free drinks. And then... I just left because I was like, whatever, dude, you're crazy. And then we ended up at a house later that night. And then he was doing it again in front of all of our friends. And I was so mad. And I threw my whole drink at him. Like wine. Red wine, I think. In somebody's house. Holy shit. Threw it at him. Went all over him. And then I just walked out. And then we dated again for many, many, many more. We Wait, moved in together. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> but that was the kind of stuff that we would do all the time we were just not nice to each other we were addicted to each other it was an addiction i guess it was just like addicted to the chaos addicted to the sex like it was just not yeah it was very unhealthy it was the makeup sex you know like when you get you go through those two extremes you get into those cycles so the red flag i mean so many red flags with joe mainly me being a giant red flag in that relationship but also like, if they verbally abuse you, mm-hmm. that's a red flag. And we were both doing that to each other that whole entire relationship. Like we Yeah, were just, you guys talked badly We to were each other. so mean to each other. Yeah. Terrible. I remember one time telling my mom about him, like, he doesn't bring out the best in me. He brings out the worst in me, but he makes me okay. Like, he makes me feel okay being the worst version of myself. Yeah, that's not good. Like, that's not a good thing to say, Kristen. Yeah. How do you think that's okay to be in that relationship? But I did, and that went on for... I mean, we were together for, like, two and a half years. We broke up a lot in that time. It was on and off again. Long distance for a while. For most of it, actually. Okay, so we're talking a lot about me, but I need to bring up Line Cook. Yeah, I was ready. I was going to talk about him because it was the same time frame. Yeah, so when I was dating those two on and off again for three years like back and forth back and forth you were dating line cook yeah who was the line cook at the restaurant that we worked at and i despised him from the second i met him yeah because he was awful he threw a ranch at me that's why and i remember coming up to him being like that stupid line cook yeah and i was like don't talk to him and then she thought i meant go date him no that's not what happened what happened was he was really good at manipulating me and presenting me with like this great life of like we're gonna have fun and we did we would have a good time together but it would always end in him getting drunk and saying awful I mean like some of the raunchiest terrible stuff you can imagine saying to somebody yeah he was you said it 10 times worse and I think that was the first relationship that I had gotten in since leaving kind of that whole religion right and he was not only a line cook but he was also the door guy at one of the bars downtown and I remember you saying like that guy's gonna hit you one day I okay the main I think I brought this up in another episode he 
threatened to kill himself. Yeah. If you broke up with him. Yeah. And I was like, that that's a red flag, by the way. And so I just remember saying, like, that's an abuse technique to, like, yeah. manipulate you into staying with him. Yeah. And that's what he, I think he would bring me to those two extremes that you kind of get addicted to, where it's like, he would do something terrible that would make him make me want to break up with him, yeah. and I would, and be like, don't ever talk to me. And then he would go through extreme lengths to get me back. Like, he would try, so I would block his number, change my number, he would find a way. <laughs> I he forgot that you would change I changed my number she so many times. She changed her number so many times. Because I was really trying to get out of it, but yeah. he would, like, come back. Like, one time I tried to leave, and he threw my keys in the woods so that I couldn't leave. Mm. And then I got my spare, and he jumped on my car so I wouldn't leave. Like, he would go insane. And at that point when he jumped on my cart, like it was over. Like I was so done with the emotional roller coaster. But I think in the beginning, I liked the extreme length that yeah. he went to. It made me feel loved. You would have, you, yeah, it made you feel loved. It made yeah. you feel like, wow, this person is so in love Loves with me. me that he's acting crazy. Yeah, but it's like, am I in love with you? I think I always looked at things like how I wanted somebody to desire me without me just focusing on, like, do I desire that person? Yeah. You know? Yes. For him, it was, like, not a... Yeah, that's a really big thing. Yeah. That is definitely, I think, probably the main difference from our 20s to our 30s. Yeah. You only focus on how that other person loved you, not, like, do I actually love this person? Yeah, because we weren't putting our self-worth first, where that's, like, a priority You put them on the pedestal, and you take yourself off. And you want... You want to prove to them, like, I think that can sometimes, at least for me, it can be almost like, um, part of being a woman, like, I just want to get them to love me and desire me. Yeah. But it's like, now I'm just like, I don't have interest in that. I want to, I want to see how you show up. Yeah. And everyone that I I need you to. Yeah. Yeah. And I need you to check boxes for me. Yeah. I saw this one thing where it's like, if when, when a guy asks you, like, so what are you looking for in a relationship? Just say, we'll see if you're it. Don't yeah. tell them what you're looking for. Just let them show it's up so how true. they really are so they don't know what you're looking for so they can pretend to show up as what you're looking for. Yeah. Because they'll do it. On Laguna Beach, they do it all the time. Yeah, no kidding. And then we're in high school. like you do have Yeah, to... that's true. I didn't go to high school. I was homeschooled, but... And I just had a boyfriend all through high school, yeah. basically. And we did break up one time, but it was... Right. It still wasn't, like, this stuff on Laguna Beach. That was crazy. Yeah. One one red flag I'll say of all the guys that Tessa, like, just briefly dated, we're just going to lump them into one category. Yeah. But they would all become so disgustingly obsessed yeah. with Within her. Within the first month. Like, borderline stalkers. They would show up uninvited unannounced knocking on our windows give the weirdest presents as christmas gifts oh my god do the craziest things it would gross me out push me away and then they'd try even harder yeah and they would all message me crying like what and i'd be like you just give up man you you lost it you cannot come off that like clingy obsessive 
Yeah. Weird. That's just weird. Yeah. It's a red flag. Which is now, like, I look back on it and, like, that's what I wanted. So I was attracting guys that were going to do that. Yeah. You know? Weirdly obsessed with you. Yeah. And I would date them for a month and I'd be like, okay, moving on. And I would get back with Line Cook. And then I would get into my next one month little thing. And then I'd get back with Line Cook. It was a disaster for, like, two and a half years. Yes. And then I got so sick of it. I was just like, I... Actually, like, it was really whenever I started hanging out with Line Cook around, like, friends. And because for the most part, we would just do things, him and I. We didn't have mutual friends. Once I started doing that and people saw how he treated me in little situations. Like, I remember one time when his best friend's girlfriend, we were camping. His best friend's girlfriend pulled me aside. And she's like, I just feel really sad because I've gotten to know you and I really like you. And I just... Don't think anybody's ever told you this before, but you deserve better than that guy. (laughs) And I was like, so many people have told me that. But it, for some reason, really woke me up and made me almost feel embarrassed that his best friend's girlfriend could tell me that. And just like a stranger too, like not a friend who's trying to get you up. Has my bag. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, this is like a stranger that's like, wow, this is so terrible that I got to... Just let this girl know. Yeah, like, she felt sorry for me. Yeah. And I look back and I feel sorry for myself because that (laughs) was a really bad... And he, sure enough, we moved in together. He became physically abusive. It was a really, really tough relationship to get out of. Yeah. Um, I basically had to pack up and run away when he was at work because that was the only way I was going to be able to leave. And so it turned into, like, a really bad situation. And I was like, okay... I don't want to do this anymore. I started getting into like wanting to eat healthy and work out. And I think that's really when I started my journey of my Mm self-care and who I am as a person that doesn't identify with religion, but also isn't drinking seven days a week and blacked out all the time. Who am I without those two things? And I was kind of finding who I was. And that's when I met my ex-husband. And so for me, when all these red flags came about, I totally missed it because I genuinely really thought that those things were amazing and like what love should feel like. And then I married that person and over the course of 10 years loved that person. You know, like we we spent two years apart, but, um, you know, eventually like getting married and having kids. And I remember so many times in our arguments in our later days of our relationship, just being like, you know, 22-year-old me is so different from 30-year-old mother me. Yeah. The things that you got away with then are not okay now. And I see it clearly. Like, I was starting to see things. And I think you and I have both been going on through this, like, spiritual kind of journey over Mm -hmm. the last, like, I don't know. For me, it's been six or seven years of just this journey, you know, of rediscovering who I am and my, my spirituality um, without it being I, religious, uh, religious. Yeah. Um, but you know, just kind of having this mindfulness of, oh yeah, I, I think like that stuff that you're doing is like kind of narcissistic and like, it's kind of manipulative that everything that I'm saying that hurts me is thrown back at me of like, you're mad at me for being upset. Like yeah. that was a really big issue that I just, in the end of our relationship, I couldn't get past that my partner cared more about getting upset at me for being upset than like trying to work Fix things the, out with yeah. me. Just laying the ego down. Yeah. 
obviously, as our lives mirror each other, you met your ex-husband at the same time that I met my ex-husband. And so the biggest red flag with my ex-husband, and this is the biggest red flag, everybody, if they are married or in any kind of relationship, that is a red flag. And they're willing to cheat on the person that they're with to be with you instead of just end things with that person and then be with you, red flag. Yeah. But this was part of my trauma that I hadn't really uncovered, but my dad cheated on my mom. And so I was just so, I guess, desensitized to the idea of cheating. I'm going to defend you a little bit because I was there when you guys met. And I will say he spun things in a way that made you feel like he had just gotten married. He was young. He made a huge mistake. And you guys fell in love But I didn't feel like at that time, I felt like, of course, it was wrong that he was married. How long was he married for? Um, He was married for like five months when we started having our affair. Yeah. And you guys worked together and it just kind of, he was saying that he was really unhappy and he made this big mistake and you guys have formed this kind of friendship. But I think he was making it in a way of like, you were, but you guys were so in love and I bought it too. I was like, I mean... Maybe this was, like, her person, and he made a mistake, and whatever, but now we see that that's just who he is. Well, and just, that's a red flag. It doesn't matter how they're spinning it. They'll always be spinning it. Like, there's nobody who's going to be married or in a relationship with somebody. If you want to cheat on that person, then break up with them. Yeah. If you want to date somebody who is, like, you find yourself falling in love with somebody who's married or in a relationship, I don't know. I just didn't think to ask myself because I was, it was being spun. Now, I would literally never, let's say I met somebody, he was married, and, like, we're just friends, but we have this crazy connection. I would be like, cool, go figure your stuff out at home, and if that doesn't work out, then you can come talk to me. I do wish more women... did that these days like instead of getting caught up in this affair and like the secrecy of it all being the one to stand up and say I'm not going to do this well and the thing is I did that with him after one month one month of our affair I said I am not the other woman I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna be that so you need to go and you need to figure out what you want to do you either need to leave your wife or you need to leave me alone and then he started he went home and told her, you know, hey, I think we made a mistake and we got married. But he never said I wanted to divorce her either. And that was another thing. Like when he would be telling me what he was saying to her, it still wasn't I want to divorce. The and then there was a then there was, you know, like, well, I can't leave because she'll do this, that, and the other and blah. There's always a reason why they can't leave. Yeah. It's just because they don't want to yet. Like they're yeah. trying to weigh out their option of what's what's better for them. But then I just cut him off. And I like literally wouldn't even talk to him at work. And then he eventually did leave and then I was like oh he picked me yay I'm gonna pick me and then we moved in together our affair lasted for three months and we were living together but it was still a freaking giant red flag yeah that I completely ignored yeah and weirdly everybody ignored it yeah everybody in well because it seemed like you guys are really in love and that this was different it didn't seem like oh he's married and this is wrong yeah I know. I don't know. He was so just really weird. good at spinning it that way. Yeah. But I'm just saying, that's a giant red flag. Don't get involved with a person in a relationship. If you find yourself feeling a connection with somebody, tell them, leave that person, and then come find me. Until then, don't freaking talk to me anymore. Yeah. Because 
if somebody really wants to be with you, they won't be with somebody else at the same time. Yeah, and it also just shows their character. Like, I... Yeah. Obviously going through what I, what we've both gone through with our marriages um we hit a really rough patch a, re- a really tough rush rough patch in our marriage and my outlet for that was totally different from his and what that showed me was our character um I think that's why it's such a huge red flag when somebody cheats because it's showing some sort of dishonesty yeah and lack of integrity which yeah I just think is huge if I'm yeah. gonna trust you I have to know that you have integrity yeah and it's like what I say all the time of okay well You cheated on me because you were unhappy. That's part of his reasoning, you know. Happy people don't stray. Well, I I was unhappy for an entire freaking year while you were mistreating me. You know what I didn't do? I didn't cheat on you. Yeah. That's the biggest red flag, people. Okay, another red flag that you wouldn't think is a red flag is if they say, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve you. I don't deserve you. They don't. They, They listen to them. Because they know themselves better than anybody else. Yeah. And they know they don't deserve you. Yeah. And my ex would say that to me all the time at the beginning of our relationship. I'm so lucky. I don't know how I got you. I don't deserve you. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to show him how much he deserves me. Ew, I make myself sick. <laughs> me too. You're making me a little sick. <laughs> but that was what it was like. Okay, and then just another another red flag that I've seen with a lot with my ex, even with the situationship is they're they're busy all the time yeah. you know and they're th- and they use work as an excuse why they're too busy to communicate consistently yeah. and properly so i mean there's nothing wrong with working hard and loving your job and but when you're using work constantly as a reason why you can't show up for the person that you're trying to be in a relationship with that's a red flag to me yeah it's not that hard to send some text messages it's not that hard to like prioritize your family over your job yep it's just really not yeah you went through that with your situationship and with joe i remember you going through that with joe joe really well he was just a I went through it with my ex too. Like he was a workaholic, you know, he was always oh, yeah. using well, work as an end, excuse. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he definitely became a workaholic to kind of avoid. Yeah. I think it's just an avoidant ta- attachment style yeah. thing that people will fall to because it's a distraction and they don't have to deal with what's going on. Yeah. And so I feel like that's a, the problem. Yeah, well, and if you're having an affair and you're going away on work trips all the time, that's pretty convenient too. Yeah, I never I, I never bought into that. Yeah. That whole year that you guys were trying to work things out and you're like, he's away on a work trip again. And I'd be like, how? <laughs> yeah. What kind of man who's trying to repair his marriage is taking on all these work trips? A man who's not to trying choose. to repair his marriage. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay, so then after my ex husband I spent two months really working on myself and then I met my situationship and he was another one where if I would have met this guy when I was 21 I would have been like this guy's my soulmate I love this guy I had this weird sort of like crazy chemistry with him you guys looked very good together yeah and and I felt a feeling with him that was weird the timing of it all just felt like okay this is kismatic I'll explore this but since I've really spent that time what and through the whole year where my marriage was falling apart I spent a lot of time doing like shadow work and uncovering a lot of trauma and working on healing my trauma and so 
going into this situation ship, I saw the red flags. And instead of like being avoidant, which I normally would have done with the red flags, I was just like, hey, let's talk about this. I think that your inconsistent communication isn't going to work for me. It's not that hard to send a text message. If that's too hard for you, that's fine. Then we just can't do this anymore. Yeah. And then he would be like, no, no, I want to do it. I'll, 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 I'll get better at it. I'll get better at it. And I'll give him some credit. I mean, he's 25, so. And a bartender. And a bartender. In Denver. In Denver. So it was a lot, of, it was a lot for him probably because he was young and it was long yeah. distance. And, what, and you and guys I'm, literally met one time yeah. before you went back to Florida. So it was kind yeah. of asking a lot for him. And he really did try, I think, for a little bit. Yeah, he did. But it just wasn't. It wasn't enough for 33-year-old, 32-year-old yeah, me. long distance. But for 21-year-old me, it would have been enough. Like, I would have oh, been... I would have Yeah, probably. this would have been an <laughs> ongoing thing. Like, would have went sure. on forever. For sure. So his inconsistent communication was a red flag for me. The other thing was I tried to talk to him about attachment styles. Yeah, and he got freaked out. He got... <laughs> <laughs> I remember you told me this the next day. He actually said to me, I don't know why you have to label anything. It just makes it more complicated and confusing. And I was like, what? Bro, the only point of putting a label on something is to clarify it, not make it more confusing. I didn't even say that to him. In my head, I was like, okay, I'm ending this. This is not continuing after this day. Like, we're done because... That just proves to me that one, you haven't done any inner work, and two, you aren't even open to the idea of exploring it right now because you said labels make things confusing. Yeah. Eh, that's a red flag. <laughs> and he also followed a bunch of half naked girls yeah. on Instagram, and I didn't know that that was a thing you should check before because yeah. I wish I would have checked that because I did. I was like, let me see your Instagram before I even gave him my phone number. And I just was looking to make sure he didn't post weird things on Instagram. Yeah. Should have looked at his following and yeah. I would have been like, nah, I don't want to do this. Yeah, totally. I don't want to spend my time here. Okay. And then another thing is through with everybody, except for my ex-husband, I would say, but every guy I dated in college and then my situationship, they all had kind of like they drank a lot. They, yeah. they went out a lot. They used a lot of substances multiple times a week. Yeah. Not just on the random here and there occasion. Or, and that, for me, is a red flag. Yeah. But I think now, that's also because the yeah. person that you are, yes. you don't go out. Yeah. You don't drink. So, yeah, you can't be with somebody like that. Yeah. When you're in your 30s, you just shouldn't be doing that all the time anymore. Yeah, but I just know so many people still in their 40s, they go out all the time and they have a blast. But is it healthy? I think to each their own. I think for you, it's different because that's not how you want to spend your time. Yeah, I definitely don't want somebody who's going out multiple times a week. Tessa has been dating this man for a couple of months now. and he's has been six months. That's a couple of months. <laughs> a couple is two. <laughs> oh my gosh. They've been dating for a while, okay? Oh, well. Half a year. Um, I'm not bitter. <laughs> what is wrong with you? We need to have a, like, a hash out podcast I'm where you can tell me how you really kidding. feel. I was going to say really good things. Okay. Okay, I was about to say he is a good guy. And everybody has red flags. Yeah. We all have red flags. So the difference is when you see a red flag, you say, hey, this is a red flag for me. Let's have a conversation about it. Yeah. And if this behavior continues, I can't continue this relationship. And 
something that I've noticed with you guys is that if anything comes up for either of you, you guys are like, hey, yeah. this is a red flag for me. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out, you know, if there's a compromise for this and how we can move forward in a healthy way together through this. Yeah. And I think that is, we all have red flags. And obviously when you're in your 20s and very young, your red flags are going to be way more extreme than hopefully what they are in your 30s. But I don't, I don't know because some people don't start learning don't become self-aware and mm-hmm. like work on personal development and growth until their 40s and 50s yeah or 60s yeah, yeah. so it I think that that's just something to know that everybody has a red flag yeah and I will say I think you know we talked about this a lot when we first got out of our marriages we we're just like how did we miss all these things like we look back now and it's like, how did I miss that that was, that this was going to happen? And I think I beat myself up about that a lot because. Yeah, same. Yeah, we both did. You have kids with this person. And for me, like I have a, I had a young baby when I left and I just carried a lot of guilt with being like this single mom. Like I just felt like he, my son was so robbed of like the life that he should have had. And I felt like it was my fault because I didn't, I didn't see all these things before. Yeah. And. I really had to work on that and be a little bit easier on myself. I will say being with somebody now who, just like what you said, I mean, there's definitely been a few things that have come up where we have a little bit difference in views and each time coming back and being like, hey, I really didn't like that. Can we not do it like that? Can yeah. we be on the same side? And every time that I've given him the opportunity to show me how he's going to respond, he comes through. Every single time. Yeah. Well, and also another thing is when you start doing this work on yourself and you, and you, first of all, because I mean, all through my 20s, just up until recently, I never even knew what an attachment style was. Yeah. And so learning an attachment style, because a lot of the red flags that, that come up in relationships come up because people have insecure attachment styles. Yeah. And so an avoidant will do all things that are red flags because yeah, they're being so avoided and an anxious person will do things that are red flags because they're being anxious. anxious and yeah. in our 20s we never saw it for that but you did a lot of anxious attachment style things I did a lot of avoidant attachment style things mm-hmm. and those were the red flags that we brought into relationships and knowing that now you can be like okay I pinpointed like almost immediately with my situationship this is an avoidant attachment style. So I know how I need to show up in these when they need a little bit of space. You got to give them a little bit of space and yeah. that sort of thing. But being with somebody who is aware of what attachment styles are yeah. and then you can have these conversations in a very, hey, Healthy you're triggering way. my anxious attachment style because of this, like how you're showing up right now. Can we work on showing up better for each other? And if I'm triggering your avoidant, can we work on getting to a secure attachment style together instead of triggering each other's insecure? And going through a cycle. I will say I can see so much more now on kind of the toxic cycles that I was in because I'm for the first time in my life in a relationship where we don't have a toxic cycle. Yeah. And I am so content with that. I don't need that. I don't want that. Yeah. Well, and I think that the thing is too, we've gotten so big on protecting our peace. Yeah. After all the hell that we just went through, you got to be bringing peace. Or nothing. You got to get lost. Really, you know, words of affirmation is my love language and he knows that. So he definitely says sweet things, but he doesn't love bombing. Oh, and the difference is saying nice things and then 
doing nice things. Exactly. They go hand in hand. Words and actions match, you know? Yeah. So I think that's why it's important. Everybody is a human here on this earth going through a grow, like growing as a human. And obviously we dated probably a lot. I mean, everybody that we dated when we were younger, I'm sure they were all very unhealed too. And hopefully going through multiple relationships, they've learned and they've been able to heal and like become better. It takes some people a lot longer to figure that out. Yeah. But this is just why it's so important to identify what is a red flag for you in a relationship so that way you won't be going into any relationships with people who haven't done the work on themselves. Especially when you start working on healing yourself, you really got to do all you can to protect that peace. And one of the things is identifying red flags from past relationships and being like, I refuse to ever do that again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to show up as a red flag and I'm not going to let a red flag into my life. Yeah, I agree. I think that's huge. I think that's another thing, you know, you and I have committed to is not repeating the pattern. Yeah. Uncovering your patterns. Really look at yourself too. Like, yeah, we can point out red flags and our exes who treated us like garbage all day. But also look at the patterns that you had in those relationships and ones that were unhealthy that you don't want to take into any other relationship. Like, don't repeat it. Don't yeah. do it. It's just not, it's not going to end differently. And if you if you keep repeating a pattern and then you think it's going to end differently, like, I got news for you. It's not. It's just not. Yeah. I talked to a lot of girls recently, just over the years that I've known that are in like really great relationships now. And I relate to that. And I've, you know, we've talked about it. And I was just talking to one of my girlfriends that I worked with at Brick House. And she was like, you know, she's just saying like how happy she was for me. And she's like, this is the year, babe, like 2023. We don't put up with toxic unhealthy relationships anymore and I was like I love that you're doing that you feel that way too you know because I feel like that we're just yeah. like we don't, don't do that anymore exactly we don't put up with toxic and we don't show up as toxic yeah. either like we it goes hand in hand we have learned so much like I've learned so much after a year of trying to save a marriage you learn so much about how to show up and and what makes a relationship work like how what's going to make a relationship healthy you know and just like things that you never knew when you were in your 20s like okay first of all love languages like understanding each other's love languages never never ever did I think before I was going into any of those what are their love languages I wonder it was like not a thing attachment styles not a thing like just knowing these kind of things are gonna help your relationship any relationship that you go into now I'm always like dang Whatever guy that I date next is going to be so freaking lucky because I know how to show up so healthy in a relationship now. And yeah. I, I just, I've learned so much that it's going to be amazing for both of us. Yeah. And he's going to be lucky. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I think that all the time. I'm like, Corey's lucky. Yeah. He's so lucky he's getting this version of me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Okay. So then we have to stew our gratitude segment. Okay, well, I'm going to go first because this is easy for me on this. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> you look scared. I know. I'm like, what are you going to say? Well, I'm just thankful to be in a relationship. Oh. I really, truly feel like I get to show up as the best version of me, and I feel like he shows up as the best version of himself, and I'm just happy to get to experience that type of relationship yeah that's awesome very happy for you that you found that and that you guys I mean you guys really do show up in a healthy way for each other yeah I like it me too and for me my gratitude thinks not as deep as that. <laughs> I was gonna say 
I went to the library yesterday <laughs> and got a library card. <laughs> and it made me so happy. I'm just so grateful for my local library because I before I had before I had Rome and before I lived on the bus, I would I went to the library all the time and I would just walk up and down and spend hours in there finding books and then have books for three weeks and just learn things. It's how I became a minimalist, like just checking yeah. out books from the library. Like and I, I don't know it. why I hadn't even thought about doing it because I've been here for a year now, but I was returning that phone that we found and I was like, oh, there's a library right there. And so I went in there and got a card and check out all the books for free. It's so awesome. I'm reading a great book right now called The Surrender Experiment. And yeah. Just... I love it. Yeah. You came home with a bunch of books. Yeah. I love that. That's what I'm grateful for. Yeah. I'm grateful for that. Single life. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. I am. I am you are extremely so single. single, you guys. Almost... Well, if there's any hot guys that are listening, no, just kidding. No, I cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, this is great. I'm gonna edit this on my plane ride out to Salt Lake, and I'm going on a bus trip this week. Put this one out, and then we might not have another one for on time for the next one. So yeah. it might be a week or two before we are posting another yeah episode as always thank you so much for listening we love you all we're grateful for you all and we will talk to you guys next week do you want to say bye no i don't know <laughs> what to say <laughs> <laughs>